Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. July 24th. Mark your fucking calendars. One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 drops. I'm so excited that the release date is out and we know when the compilation is dropping. It's going to be so awesome and I'm so stoked. So shout out to From Within Records for putting this together again. I'm so stoked. Do yourself a favor. Go follow From Within Records on social media. Go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, and stay up to date on all the awesome current news. We're currently in the month of May. There's going to be a worldwide brotherhood split coming out. Shout out to Gridiron and Despise coming together for an awesome split, putting out amazing music. So keep an eye on that later this month. Still waiting on new music from Shackled, Payback, MH Chaos. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait for all that. Shout out to everybody in those bands doing awesome stuff for their scene. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we had to contact Luke and Jeff to come together to do another amazing MMA episode. We did a little recap of UFC 261, one of the best UFC cards to ever go down and it was really fun to be able to talk to them about that again we talk about the upcoming card for rodriguez versus watterson and all of the current news going on in mma i was a little sad we didn't get to the jake paul floyd mayweather beef that happened earlier today but i'm sure we'll get to it eventually but it was another great episode talking mma with some of my best friends So if you're a newer fan or if you're a veteran, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as we did because it's really fun and we seriously love doing this and putting it out there for all of you to listen. So strap in, enjoy this podcast, get ready for UFC on ESPN, Rodriguez versus Watterson. And without further ado, welcome Jeff and Luke to the show. live welcome back to the podcast jeff and luke this is awesome how are you guys doing good how are you um i'm, I'm stoked I'm, I'm glad you guys are back we're doing another mma episode there's so much stuff to talk about and i'm just so excited that we're here these are my favorite things to do so uh shout out to you guys for sure shout out to you jamie um so Luke mentioned before we started recording, um, uh, if we wanted to talk about UFC uh, 261, and th- honestly, that was like one of the best UFC cards ever. I know I get on the podcast and I'm always super skeptical about these uh, cards with three title fights on them because normally uh, they don't deliver as well as UFC 261 did. But watching that card, it was like it was like this crazy like buildup. I'm like, okay, like it has to get dull at some point, but seriously, it just kept getting better and better and better. And I was just so stoked. And like that card was seriously like historically, like one of the best UFC cards ever. 
Yeah, I'm a. I only got to catch kind of the last, the last two fights. I ended up having a practice that ended up going way long, but I was keeping up with it, mm-hmm. like via text message and and elsewhere. But that freaking Rose Namajunas knocking knocking out Zhang like that was absolutely insane. I don't think anybody could have guessed that that was going to happen. It was absolutely spectacular. My only complaint is that the freaking inbred weirdos that were in that stadium were booing when uh, Zhang Wei Li walked out. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because just it's insanity, man. She's sensational. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it was like a nationality thing. You know, they're trying to do USA versus China type shit. That's so that's so weird. Yeah, but they don't do that to like the other countrymen, just like just China, I guess. <laughs> they, they don't do it. I haven't seen them do it to any of the Russians. Yeah, or the Brazilians, or yeah, it it, it is strange because it, it does happen from time to time. But yeah, um, most recently with uh, Zhang Weili. But yeah, I, I can't recall the last time that it actually happened. Yeah, and honestly, even though she got knocked out like that, I'd like to see them run it back. <sighs> I think that I think that I think that uh, that Zhang Weili has done enough, and that it happened just so quickly and out of nowhere. Obviously it's super decisive. She got put away, but I, I would love to see him run it back. If I'm being honest, I'm not the biggest fan of rematches right away. If it, it doesn't seem well-deserved, but okay. You know, uh, Zhang Weili on her way to the title. Yeah. You know, destroyer. Awesome. But she only defended the title once, right? And yeah, you know, was- great fight against so you want you know, Jay check, but it's not like, she was on a tear or some legendary run as champion. I would like to see him do it in the future. I'd like to see her fight her way back to the top, which could be one fight, two fights. She's that talented, but to run it back right away, I think would kill off, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a cool trilogy. Cause like, I, I don't want to see it get wrapped up where like, okay, uh, she gives, uh, Whaley or, you know, Whaley, the, the rematch and what if she beats Rose and then I was like, okay, give Rose the rematch. And then we're just in this, you know, seeing these, uh, the, the same title fight for the next two years. Right. I, I would like to see the division keep rolling and, um, you know, there are interesting fights and I, I think she should go out and get like another, like maybe one or two more wins and just kind of bounce so, back and hopefully maybe rebuild her confidence. Cause you're getting knocked out like that can change your entire career. So I think, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that fight every year. Uh, Mm-hmm. I think it would be, I think it'd be sick every time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you in the, in the thought that I think an immediate rematch is for somebody who's, you know, had a dominant reign, like over a period of time and then they lose the belt. Um, like, I mean, even Stipe, it doesn't seem like is going to be getting any, any kind of immediate rematch. And he was outside of DC when he won that belt back, you know, like, is a pretty dominant champion, most dominant heavyweight champion ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I see that. I just think with with uh, women's straw weight, it's not exactly the deepest division in the world, and I'm not in a big hurry to see Rose Namajunas potentially fight, like, Ioana again, because I think she's kind of closed the door on that. And, I mean, maybe her versus... Carla Esparza or something like that. I just don't know who else she would face that would make sense. Maybe like Mackenzie Dern. I don't know. Jeff. You, guys, you guys make a really, really good point. And I would definitely, if they don't run it back, 
I'd like to see Zhang Weili and Yuana run it back because you know that's going to be just yeah. the hardest fight. Jeff. I would like to see Rose and and Yoana three. Like even though Rose is up to a like I, I don't know, that fight's good every time. <laughs> that that's fair. Can we stop the Asian hate, please? There's, there's no Asian hate. There's a, a girl ranked I'm number three. For Lee there's a girl. There's a girl ranked number three. Yan Xiaonan. Put some respect okay. on her name. I left her out. Put Absolutely. some respect on Yan's name. I, okay, I would like to see. Let's get some China China action, right? Yan versus uh, Zhang. I think that would be sick. But uh, speaking of like you know the the depth of the division, I feel like Yoana is kind of in that place where she's like um uh, she's like Joseph Benavides, right? She's always going to be number two to these girls that are up there right now because. It, if you look at uh, Zhang and Rose, I, I feel like they have Yoana's number, right? It, 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 granted, the Yoana Zhang fight was competitive; it was fun, but I feel like they have her number, so she might just always be, uh, you know, up there um, as a contender. But at this point, I don't think she's going to be able to beat them to get the belt, especially you know being down two zero versus Rose. So I would like to see uh, maybe you know Zhang versus Yan to you know see if there's a new contender give uh Joanna um, Esparza and then we have this weekend you know Watterson versus uh Rodriguez so that that's going to be a really fun fight um and Mackenzie Dern you can throw her in there against one of the winners or uh give her another top 10 opponent but I, I feel like uh, there's some you know pretty uh, new fresh faces coming up in that division so uh you know these matches uh, for Rose won't get stale too fast that's fair um I'm going to circle back to something okay. that you said earlier, and I'm going to drop a potentially hot take. Let's hear it. I had Joanna beating Zhang Weili in that fight. Ooh. I think one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons she lost is because of the way her face looked. And yeah. that hematoma that basically turned her into a uh, freaking Simpsons character or made her look like a Klingon. Yeah, that, that like, was really bad. But that whole fight was so close. Super, super close. And I wouldn't have been mad if she would have gotten a W. I was just really surprised uh, of her durability because you saw how, you know, Rose finished her. And I I was, you know, questioning her, like, you know, is it her time or did her chin finally give out? But for her to go the distance uh, with Zhang, I was like, damn, that that was insane because they weren't just, you know, kind of playing, you know, patty cake. They were going after each other. High pace. They were beating the shit out of each other. And I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I think maybe Rose is just hits deceptively hard. She, like she just doesn't look like she does, but I mean, she's putting people away. Yeah. Dude, yeah, and yeah, the credit to Trevor Whitman and her whole team. Uh, and it just kind of brings me back to that that one mistake she made when she got knocked out by Andrade. I was like, man, if she would have just let go of that submission, she would have been fine. And she was winning that fight up until that you know that that bad spot, and then she just got slammed and got KO'd. I'm just like, dude, that's crazy. Because uh, she's super talented, obviously. Like we, we we've seen it, and, and she's lost before the Andrade fight. She lost to Carlos Barza for the title, uh, you know, after the Ultimate Fighter. But yeah, she she's come a long way, and, and she looks like you know very crisp. And she's come back and avenged some of those losses. Like she lost to uh, Tisha Torres back in the day, and you know got that win back. So it, it, it's great to see her up at the top again. Uh, you know, going into the fight against Zhang. My only concern was uh, her durability and. Uh, it, it didn't get tested, but she proved that she's an elite striker once again. That's the crazy thing, too. You you just like listed off like all the people Rose 
has has lost to. I feel like none of them like now mm-hmm. are in, in her tier. No, like, definitely not. I, like I like not even close. Like Carla Esparza, I, I feel like she's kind of what you're talking about with uh um where you think Joanna might be like okay. becoming a gatekeeper. I think Carla Esparza's been a gatekeeper for like five years now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Luke. Do we lose Luke? Hey, bro, you, you there? No, I, I think uh, Luke- he was making such a good point. Yeah, that that's always how it goes down. Technical difficulties when you're making a good point. Oh, oh there he wait, is. Wait, Luke. She's never going to be Luke. Wait, sorry. I, my, Dude, were you talking about this thing? No, no, because I, I caught on to it. My internet does this thing where it cuts off every 30 minutes for some reason mm-hmm. for like 10 seconds. I don't know why. That's why I usually do this on my phone. But all right, well, we'll we'll keep trucking along. We'll, we'll, we'll try to dance around that. But if you can go back to your point about Carla, because we were enjoying what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I just I think she's like she's been a gatekeeper for a while now. She's mm-hmm. been in that position and. Like just the difference in tier between a gatekeeper and somebody who's a legit champion is is so astronomical. Yeah, and I I'm I'm looking at the rankings right now, and I see you know Carla Esparza is ranked number four, and I'm looking at number five, who's Mackenzie Dern. I would love to see uh, Mackenzie Dern's jujitsu versus Carla Esparza's wrestling. I think that would be a really fun fight. Fun. That would be fun. Yeah, make that a title eliminator. What, dude, what about my girl Jan? Come on, Jeff. You're gonna get to <laughs> I rank. Think, I think you do. Okay, go I ahead, Luke. You do the, I think you do the Chinese matchup. Okay. And and you do Joanna versus Rose three, like. And then <laughs> that would be like one of those rare instances where somebody gets to fight for you know the, the title against somebody that they're down. Uh, you know, two. Oh, and granted, she she only lost the title. Uh, you know, didn't really lose the title, but she only lost the title once because the second time she went to try to capture it again, but she didn't get it. So um, it, it would be interesting, and it has happened before, but um, it could be, you know, um, they want like to keep it going. Maybe uh, Rose will be down with it. She's like, hey, I'm up 2-0. Like, this girl can't get me. So it, I wouldn't be surprised because we've seen wackier things happen in MMA. Yeah. Well, straight up, if they do that, they need to let Holloway run it back with Volkanovski. Yes, sir. Man. Straight up. That fight was a robbery. Man, both the second fight one wasn't second fight was robbery. So, yeah, fight, I, I'm okay with one. Were. Yeah, I, I had Max in both, but I wasn't I, I wasn't as frustrated with the first one as I was with the second one because I was I was like, dude, he's back. He got the title again, and then you just see the decision, and I'm just like pulling my hair out. Like, how? How did Max not get the belt back? The second one was so infuriating because the refs, or not the refs, the judges clearly valued late takedowns that Holloway got up from more than Holloway knocking him down multiple times in the beginning of the yeah, fight. Absolutely. It's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. I think, I think the, the max that uh, fought Calvin Cater like easily wins that fight. Dude, that fight absolutely. was, that fight was insane. I remember just getting the chills watching him perform like as like flawlessly as he did and just putting the work on cater like that. Oh, that was that that was so fun. I still think about it. Around. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> even okay, so even with that fight, the first round jumped out at me because there was no feeling out process. It straight was, to it. He ran at him 
and just started whooping his ass bell to bell the entire time and never let up. It was incredible. Dude, white, literally the best performance I've ever seen, in white, my opinion. When he wasn't looking at Cater and talking to the commentators, I was like, oh, this guy's insane. Like, wild. Max Holloway's like legendary. And Cater's dangerous. You know what? Props to Cater for not getting fit, for like lasting in that fight and looking kind of dangerous even in the later rounds because he was trying to swing out of it. Mm-hmm. He just, Holloway's too fucking good, man. Yeah, and Cater took a lot of damage. I'm, I'm hoping he's obviously you know resting up and uh, going to come back when the time is right and not rush into it. You know. Yeah, I could, I could see his chin starting to wane after that one. Oh, hopefully not. But like, I I wouldn't be surprised if in his next fight, if it was against somebody kind of higher level, surprised if he came out and got sparked. I I personally think they're going to give him Gigi think wait who are you speaking about the the guy who liver kicked cub swanson i could see him against cater oh there goes luke he lost luke luke i'm having all the problems today Try oh, he's still there. It, it, it happens if, if you can go back to the basement yeah <laughs> where the the internet um or where your cellular was amazing um yeah yeah uh jeff that fight would be um, pretty interesting, uh, but I- I'm just not sure when uh, Cater is going to be good to come back and how long uh, he's going to want to wait, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I realize I'm jumping up, jumping ahead a little bit, bringing up, bringing up Gigi. No, no, you're all or good. Giga. I keep calling him Gigi. Yeah, Giga Chikadze. That guy was yeah. that that liver kick on my former coach. Shout out Cub Swanson. Shout out True MMA. Uh, was just nasty. Landed landed perfect. And it's just like yeah. Even like when I was like you know te- like you and I were texting about it, Jeff. Like once once you get hit in the liver and it's like that weird delayed effect and you can't do anything about it. It's just like it, it's Dude, terrible. It, it, it shuts you down. Yeah. Like it doesn't even matter like willpower or anything like that. Like when when have you ever seen someone like a Cub Swanson just crumble like that. He got hit in the perfect spot. And that guy kicked him hard. Yeah, it was Ugh. it was nasty. But before um, I, I just want to, uh, you know, finish up talking about uh, 261, want to give uh, some shout outs to uh, Brendan Allen. He defeated Carl um, Roberson by submission ankle lock. Uh, pretty high on that guy. Uh, pretty awesome middleweight. And I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing uh, him continue to rise up through the ranks. And also, uh, rude boy Randy Brown. That fight was crazy against uh, Cowboy Oliveira, and he, he landed that that sick rear naked choke, uh, hurt Oliveira. That was pretty awesome. And then on the main card, oh man, dude, the two leg injuries in the first two fights of the main card were were crazy. Because honestly, Jimmy Crute was looking pretty good against Anthony Smith, but um. Oh god! When Anthony Smith, uh, you know, kicked him, and then you saw his leg kind of go all like limp, or his foot go limp, you're like, oh dang! Like we've seen this before with like you know Michael Chandler with uh, Henry Cejudo, and uh, you're like, okay, cool, he made it out of the round. And then when the ref checked on him and he like stumbled, you're like, all right, that's it. And they they had to call the fight. That that was crazy. I actually thought uh, Crew was getting pieced up regardless, uh, like. Anthony Smith really impressed me on the feet in that fight. I was I was really surprised by his stand up. Yeah, I I ended up rewatching just a bunch of the fights and 
in particular, that kind of surprised me as well. I agree with Luke. Um, it seemed like the story that was being made about that fight was like the leg kicks and then, you know, the injury and then the fight stopped. Looked to me like Smith was definitely getting the better of it overall. I'm just curious what they do with Smith because obviously, you know, he, he fought for the belt and he, uh, you know, it wasn't really faring too well against like the upper echelon of the division. So it, it's nice to kind of see him be able to fight these guys on the lower tier and be able to maybe gain his confidence back and, you know, just kind of get a, a, a different feel and, you know, be able to implement uh, his game plan uh, with these other fighters. So I'm, I'm really curious to see where um, his next matchup is. I mean, up until the past couple of fights, they've just been putting him through the ringer and giving everybody, just giving him nothing but tough matchups. Um, I personally, obviously it's not going to happen for a while, and I'm sure we're going to cover this later, but I could see him versus Dom Reyes as a really cool fight. But we would have to give Reyes a little bit of time to recover, obviously. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll get to Dominic Reyes. Yeah, we uh, got to talk about that. Yeah, no, we'll we'll, we'll definitely get there. But uh, man, uh, I, as brutal as uh, the Chris Weidman leg break was, I was happy to see his interview with Ariel Helwani, and he seemed in good spirits. And he he talked about his surgery and everything that he went through. So if you guys haven't watched it or listened Dude. to it yet, I highly recommend you go do it because it'll make you feel a lot better after knowing what happened to him that night. It was it was crazy. Yeah, I had no idea he had so many surgeries leading up to it and that he had that many injuries or like the dent, like how he hurt his hand fighting Gasolum, how badly he was out. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I had no idea about any of that. I didn't realize he had so much adversity. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know about his hand injury against Gasolum, but yeah, following him through like his, his like neck injury, uh, <laughs> which was like, you know, pretty scary. Uh it, it, it's insane oh, it, it's definitely insane to hear his breakdown of like how it went down from his perspective yeah but only three times like uh obviously i i i didn't see the Corey hill one live but we saw the anderson silva one live we're not like not in person but live like you know on the pay-per-view yeah. and then yeah. also uh you know watch the uh, Chris Weidman one and that was just oh, it was just so nasty because like when he landed that kick on Uriah Hall like it, like something clicked in my brain where I'm like wow like that was unusually loud because normally you know like you, you'll hear like a nice slap or like a like a you know there'd be like a thud so you don't really hear anything but when he kicked him and it was like you know as loud as it was like something just didn't like you know uh, register right with me so I'm like all right whatever that was just like a real loud kick but then when you see him step back and you realize what happened, you're like, oh, my God, I was seriously like I even tweeted. I was like, felt so gutted for him because obviously he's, you know, earlier in the week, he was talking about how he wanted to or he, he saw himself becoming the middleweight champion again. And obviously, like I, I said, he was um, you know, fool for thinking that. Uh, but to see him have to go through that, it was, it was just, you know, such a bummer. I'll I'll consider it a win if he ends up like not having to amputate that leg. No, no, no. Like how how he was talking about the potential, like how his bone was dying because there was no blood flow to it. Right. Yeah. And he was familiar with that kind of pain. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I know it's like super slim odds, but if he can come out of this, like reasonably healthy, I think that's a W in itself. If he comes back and keeps fighting after something like this, that'd be just crazy. Yeah. I was actually, I was, I was texting Jamie during the, fight and I, I told jamie like right away right when it happened i was like yeah i don't think he's ever gonna fight again 
that it was ridiculous dude like i actually still haven't been able to watch it again same here i i, I saw that one time live and yeah. like i i just don't want to see it again and even knowing that um uh because he, he showed like the there was i guess there was like a, um his bone punctured like out through his calf on the backside of his leg which obviously i didn't catch live but i'm like there's no way i, I want to go back and even try to find that but um uh, during the interview with ariel hawani he showed where the the hole was like you know obviously they, they um stitched it up but you're like holy shit like he yeah because he stepped back and then yeah that's when the the bone you know shot out uh, through his calf and i was like oh that's so bad but but if i'm being honest dude i like like i just don't want to see him come back because no, it, it, it's just so, it's such a gruesome injury and uh you know i feel like he, he suffered enough and obviously he's a fighter so he's gonna want to fight but um, yeah but like like obviously to get to be able to gain the confidence to throw another leg kick with that you know injured leg is, is going to be rough because we we saw anderson silva go through it live you know he he yeah. was a very hesitant to, to throw that leg kick and even when he did it was weird and uh and also i'm, I'm not comparing them because they're not the same fighter but i i just feel like if he comes back with the level of competition and with like the young bloods coming up like i just don't think he's gonna be able to hang because like who knows how long he's going to actually be out for and like like for me i i just hope he doesn't come back because i i just don't want to see a, another good fighter end up like a bj Penn, you know it's, that sticks around for too oh, long yeah. and, and obviously i'm um, chris isn't so, going to want to go out like on that note but it's just like like can you really come back and perform yeah and not only that i don't watch and this is going to sound kind of selfish right but mm -hmm. i don't watch mma to like really feel bad for people like I, I didn't derive any pleasure out of chuck versus tito three mm -hmm. and then chuck liddell getting knocked out like it's way too much in my opinion it's unnecessary watching weidman i started not, i don't want to say feeling bad but after that fight with jacare where he was winning and then just got randomly ko'd that's what made me like really question like maybe this isn't the right this isn't the right division for him. You know what I mean? And obviously he felt the same thing because he tried to go up to light heavyweight after that. But mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't feel that way. Like I felt like he was coming up better after beating, after like submitting Gaslam. Um, the Rockhold thing seemed like it was just a mistake because he tried to throw that, that wheel kick or whatever. Uh, you all were Merrill. Mm -hmm. That was a really close fight until that fucking knee from hell. That was nasty. And and then Gegard Musasi was was pretty close. You know what I mean? It felt like he was in it, but after that Jacare fight, I'm like, oh man, it doesn't really feel good watching him get knocked out. You know, no. I think it just so much damage has accumulated. Yeah, and I, I felt like he, like his chin was pretty much done as well. Because like, oh yeah, I, I felt like yeah. his his durability. You know, after all, like you know. Jacare taking that knee from Yoel, getting you know pounded by Dominic Reyes is just like, dude, please. Stop. I, I really, I really don't even, I don't even get the logic in his thought process. Honestly, of like my chin is waning, let me go up and wait where they hit harder. <laughs> yeah, dude, like that, that, that was crazy as well. And honestly, I think we even touched on it before. I feel like it was that Luke Rockhold fight that kind of changed everything because he hadn't faced like extreme adversity until that point and he took a fucking beating from rockhold and then you know a few months after that or whatever the time frame is that knee from yoel romero like those are all vicious brutal career altering knockouts you know what i mean mm -hmm. 
And then the Musasi one, and then knocked out by Jacare, and then he's knocked out by Reyes. Like, that's yeah. kind of a lot, man. Like, yeah. it makes me wonder if there's been anybody. It makes me wonder if Longo Serra was like trying to get in his ear and tell him maybe to reconsider. And then he moved to North Carolina. I know that's like kind of like a crazy thing to throw out there, but you had to think there's other people seeing the same thing, right? Yeah. I would say that's a real possibility. Yeah. Well, he's, he's literally two and six in his last eight fights. That's insane. And, you know, for the, and I, I, and this is me being like weird and, you know, thinking about like the MMA universe, I feel like this is um, like punishment for taking out the goat Anderson Silva because you, you got to think he's the one that started it all right. He he defeated yeah. Anderson Silva and he he opened the floodgates for um, new champions in the middleweight division and in some weird way maybe this is the universe getting back at him and it sucks because obviously like I I wish uh, you know like I, I don't want this for anybody to have to suffer this much but I just wish yeah. he would kind of take a step back and realize like dude two and six in your last eight fights in the UFC you, you, this might not be for you anymore you know yeah and to circle back on to like what you were talking about earlier with the confidence on throwing a you know a leg kick is like like it didn't even happen to me and I think, like, dude, I'm never throwing a leg kick. Yeah. Like, and and, I, and I've heard, you know, uh, going to like Muay Thai and stuff, and and like I've heard people there talking uh, in a similar fashion. So I just can't imagine how that process is through his mind. Yeah, and for him to be, and for him to be conscious during the whole thing, so it's not like he got yeah. you know uh, knocked out and he just doesn't remember anything. No, he was well aware through that whole entire thing until like up until he had to go get surgery, like insane. You, you know what else was going through my head during that Ariel Hawani interview as well was thinking, well, not knowing the extent of his previous injuries. Right. Mm -hmm. But combining that with all the knockouts he's been taking the past few years, like oh, that's man. crazy, man. Like that's a, just like life altering punishment. Yeah. That, maybe he need, maybe he needs money or something. I don't know. I I hope not. That uh, that's what scares me the most. Because yeah. obviously, like you know, th that, th that was a champion. This window of like you know opportunity for these fighters, it, it's short lived. And when you hear uh, like those stories, like Corey Anderson saying, you know, in his two Bellator fights, he made more money than like his last eleven UFC fights, bonuses included. And it, it, it's just yeah, really sad because like obviously like. Uh, Chris Weidman was the champion, but he didn't make that, you know, that Conor McGregor champion money, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I don't even want to see Weidman in Bellator because no. they're just going to give him Musasi. And then what? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to see him anywhere. Like, and, and it sucks I wanna, too. I want him to just like open a gym or something like his own gym and yeah. call he, it a day. Honestly, he, he would probably be a really good coach. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, um, he, he he's smart, but I just yeah, for, for me, uh, for just wanting to like care about him as a person, I just don't want to see him come back because uh, realistically, like if you look at the the rankings for the middleweight division and right now, uh, Chris Reidman, they dropped him down to, you know, uh, rank number 12. If, if you look just, you know, 10 to Whitaker, like it's 
a tough go and i don't see him beating any of those guys maybe like uh, he beat gaslam already so that's fine whatever and maybe he'll beat number 10 the edmund um, shabazian guy he's like you know really fresh but when you get to the the darren tills the Derek brunson's jared cannonier vittori like i just don't see it you know going well for him well i I could see till Uh, if Till touches him I'm just not big on Till at all. <laughs> yeah, Till, no, that's fair. Till's becoming oh, no, uh, too um, too fragile, and and that yeah. bums me out because because obviously like before he's been plagued with all these injuries. He was, he was uh, like a uh, you know a fun fighter to watch. You know, um, supposed to be the future of the middleweight division, but I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that suffers because his body can't hold up. Yeah, I think I think the UFC pushed him way too hard too like too early. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think he beat Wonder Boy. I had Wonder Boy. I mean, that fight was just kind of awful in general, but mm-hmm. I had Wonder Boy winning that. I did too. Yeah. It's but uh it's a rough go for him. Put point I was gonna make about Weidman, then we could probably move on. Okay. Um I'm looking at the rankings. Number eleven, Sean Strickland, number thirteen, Kevin Holland. Both people that if he fought them, they would just touch him up. I mean, maybe he would he could just wrestle Kevin Holland. Yeah, I think so. It, but it starts on the feet, man. And I just think I feel like he's kind of fragile. I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Like I said before, I would love to see him just kind of call a day because I don't want to see him end up like BJ Penn. I don't want to see him break his leg again. I just want to, you know, just remember uh, his like the highlights of his career and just, uh, you know, just move yeah. on. And in his interview, he sounded pretty, I I don't want to say remarkably coherent, but for the amount of damage he's taken, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of CTE or anything like that going on at this point, even though it would probably be kind of early to tell, I guess, because he's still sort of young. But I would love to see him stick with mixed martial arts, maybe be a broadcaster or something like that, like a lot of fighters do. I think he's an awesome personality in MMA. And I don't know, it just gets a little uncomfortable seeing him fight. Yeah. But I, mean, I feel like it's going to be harder to kind of join, like, you know, commentary or do some sort of like desk work. Because if you look at who's there now, it's like, it doesn't get a lot better than, you know, who's already up there. And for these spots to open up, it's not like they're, it's not like how it was when, they were on, uh, you know, Fox and there was like, you know, sure. they were creating all these new shows to try to get out there and promote this new network and grow the UFC and Fox, uh, you know, partnership. Uh, so it's just like, I just don't know for like a lot of these fighters that don't have a game plan for after fighting. It, it, it's kind of scary. He so, probably does. He seems like a, like a pretty intelligent guy. You know what I mean? With good people around him. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think the UFC though has uh, taken on some backlash over the uh, commentary recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, in turn, I mean, disregard the um, what's his name. I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, is Diego that what- Sanchez? Who? Oh, Diego Sanchez. Oh yeah, his yeah, coach. Yeah. Uh, Di- yeah, disregard all that. Like that aside, they they've still. You know, especially like to me, I think Paul Felder is a really good commentator. Mm-hmm. I think Dominic Cruz is the goat of commentating. Um, okay. But but I think like DC is incredibly biased always. 
Um, I think Joe Rogan uh, just tries to sell up every fighter, so it's just hard to believe anything he says. Um, but he's like the legend of commentating, so obviously you got to keep him. But I don't know. I think there's improvements to make. I don't know if Chris Weidman would be that improvement, but, you know. Yeah, but I mean, something within, even if it's like a coach or something, something within MMA, right? Like, I, I think he would do really cool things. So circling back to the announcement or the announcers, Dan Hardy was awesome. Yeah. In fact, I, I still don't entirely know the reason why they let him go. I know there was some kind of drama with someone that worked there. And I think John Anik's really good, too. Yeah. John Anik's awesome. Uh, to, to clarify uh, about Dan Hardy, he went and uh, yelled at a high-level exec because uh, he, he was uh, frustrated about uh, something that was going on with uh, the card. And he just went and was just yelling at people. And it turns out he uh, just yelled at the wrong person. And oh, they were just like, all right, cool, Dan. You can't really be talking to these people like that. So you, you got to go. Yeah. And this was like not long after he had this bat with Herb Dean. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. So um, it wasn't like his first offense. And, you know, they kind of like talked to him about it. And, and that sucks, too, because uh, Dan was like, you know, especially for him, because like he kind of got forced out of his career because of like that weird heart condition that um, he has. And, you know, I felt like he moved into like a really good role, obviously, you know, doing a lot of the stuff overseas and yeah. just being super knowledgeable and even doing his stuff for um, UFC Fight Pass. Like, I'd love to see him, you know, stick around and do cool stuff for the sport. But the fact that he got the boot. It definitely sucks. Yeah. I mean, he has his YouTube channel and he, do, and he does like, he's obviously a very talented analyst mm -hmm. and he does a lot of really good fight breakdowns. I don't know if you guys have seen him or not, but he kind of went solo. I think it's called full reptile. And he has like some interviews. He does, he breaks down a ton of the really good fights like beforehand and like outlies, like kind of keys to victory, sort of what he was doing before mm -hmm. and really good. He does a good job with it. Okay, before we get off UFC 261, Valentina Shevchenko, the bullet, holy shit. Unreal. Her her skill set is insane. And and remember, uh, we were talking about how, uh, or I was saying how I feel like uh, Jennifer Maya got lucky because she kind of caught Valentina off that injury. And, you know, she got lucky with those takedowns. And, you know, obviously she was getting a lot of criticism about her wrestling. So she came out and was like okay you guys want to think that i can't wrestle that jessica andrage um has a ground game better than me like all right cool like let's let's see what's up and she went out there and just put this put the work on her dude made it look so easy and it's just like like you know i'm just scratching my head like okay like there's no, like right now there's literally nobody in that division that can hang with her yeah not even not even close in that in that fight they literally didn't look like they even belonged in the same stratosphere competing with each other. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. Yeah, and like the like the only person that could maybe uh, maybe pose a threat, but she hasn't fought in forever, is um, uh, Tatiana Suarez. You remember her? Yeah, I remember her. I just I don't see her beating Valentina. But like, I don't know how like where she would take the fight that would put her in an advantageous position against her we'd, we'd, we'd see what's up with that real wrestling <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe. who knows but it's like uh and th that's like the only like matchup that I, i'm like looking at that could like you know 
be like interesting but she's not even ranked she's been gone and just um i i can't remember she was injured or she had a baby well one of the two but she's been out for a really long time she's not even ranked but she could come back and beat a lot of these you know girls that are ranked and easily kind of weave her way back into a title shot uh but that's like the only person that's out there right now in the ufc that i can see uh, maybe putting in some work because uh, matching her up against anybody else in the division, um, you know, uh, and I'm thinking about Tatiana Suarez. Uh, I, I feel like she wins a lot of those matches pretty easy. But you know, the, the true test is obviously the champion. But there's like, yeah, right now, well, seriously, from one to 15, none of those girls can hold a candle to uh, Shevchenko. She, she would, it, it'd be too easy. Yeah, she's so yeah. well rounded. I just, I just like, and I loved what she's said like in the post fight uh in the octagon interview mm-hmm. when she said you know for any of my future opponents like if you if you can look at something that's a part of my skill set and think oh that's a weakness i can exploit that you can't it's not a weakness like that was i, I really like that because they kept saying you know just gondraj would have a chance in jujitsu mm-hmm. <laughs> but obviously wasn't the case yeah definitely not but congrats to the bullet amazing performance uh but moving to the main event we had kamar usman versus jorge masvidal and and i'm I'm gonna say it i have been off the masvidal hype train i've been over him over his antics and i i'm not happy that he lost but i'm just like okay cool can we just get back to um remembering that uh he's actually not that good and and i know that, that that's probably crazy for me to say like he's he's talented striker or whatever but i I just I, I didn't even think he was going to stand a chance against Usman. And then Usman also went out there, proved a point, you know, uh, finished him, which was insane. But, yeah, what when I look at uh, uh, Jorge, I'm just like, I, I just feel like he kind of got lucky and kind of came and just just won some you know fun fights. But if, if you look, he was on a three fight win streak. Right. And he he, he beat. Um, hold on. I, I'm trying to look at it. He, he, he beat. Darren Till, right, which um, was crazy. He, he got that that knockout. He beat Ben Askren, which Ben Askren was, you know, uh, you know, highly touted. You know, coming to, finally making it to the UFC was you know um, if he won, you know, that was like title el- eliminator status. And then he beat a lightweight in Nate Diaz. So it's just like I wasn't that impressed. Jamie, how did he beat Ben Askren? He beat him with a flying knee that he trained for. And how long did it take? five seconds it's fucking impressive man that's that's super impressive okay well, jake paul beat ben i was just gonna thank you luke i was gonna say i think the jake paul knockout's a little more impressive that's i think it's two entirely different things okay but i think you're selling masvidal short a little bit i, I don't think th- he's badass i don't think so because well he's he's obviously a badass he's in the ufc he's, yeah you know fighting at the highest level but like by comparison to elites like kamaru usman for he's sure not on that playing field yeah no i i agree especially with the way usman beat him uh-huh. um dominant is yeah it was so dominant and the punch that he landed was freaking just brilliant with how he did Perfect. it. Perfect. Um, I, I think it would make a lot of sense, at least for that division, if you did Vicente Luque versus Jorge Masvidal next. I mean, give Masvidal a little bit of time to recover because he got knocked out pretty fucking brutally. But I think with the way the rankings are worked out, 
with the type of fight that would clearly end up being. And if Luke wins beating a guy like Masvidal, that would just be awesome. It would be great for him. And I think that would be a really close. I think it'd be pretty close, but I know for sure it'd be just super wild and entertaining. I think it's a great matchup. What I think would be more interesting is Michael Chiesa. <laughs> give give you're gonna say give my guy. Okay, so give he's my guy Chiesa. Give my guy Michael Chiesa the run back. He's he's tied for sixth place with Luke, right? Masvidal wants to fight before the end of the year. Uh Chiesa's good to go this summer. Let's let's do the rematch. Masvidal Chiesa two. And he can fight the real Kiesa at his real weight class, not a drained out lightweight Kiesa. And dude, so Usman, or his manager rather, like named Kiesa as someone that think that they think deserves a shot more than Colby. And that's BS. There, he, that's BS. No, I, I, it's got to be Colby next. That fight was too good for sure. Hundred percent. I mean, if you're Kiesa, and, and he's got to know it, right? Mm-hmm. And you have Usman's team saying they would consider him next. Um, I guess maybe winning against Masvidal would could possibly further cement that, but I think he's in a position already if they're con- if they're considering it where it could happen. If I'm being realistic, KS is probably like if he can get two solid wins because there's just too many uh, good fighters ahead of him because I, I I can't ignore Colby. I agree. I, I can't ignore Colby Covington and I can't ignore Leon Edwards because if Leon Edwards beats Nate Diaz next month. He has the realest case for for, sure. for the for a title shot because he's uh, going to be on a um uh well actually he's not going to be on, on a win streak anymore because of his last fight but he, he's going to be uh you know on uh you know beating a, a notable fighter Nate Diaz you know great name a lot of people know him but yeah uh this title shot for Leon Edwards is long overdue so if he wins give him next I'm with that I'm with that 100. percent I'm just throwing that out there because Usman's team like named him specifically. You know what I mean? I think there's, and there's something true. to that. I think they I think they just want to name anybody but Kobe. Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> true. Because because they don't want to uh, give him obviously that shine again. And he yeah. did pose, uh, you know, like a, a pretty big threat to him. But I feel like Usman has uh, you know grown leaps and bounds since that last fight. Because if you look yeah. at his striking now. And if he had if he had his striking that he has now, and if he fights Colby and they get into like a stand-up war like they did last time, I, I think he he would finish Colby, for sure. Yeah. At that point, at that point, they might wrestle. Yeah, it's gonna switch. And, and I mean, they're both they're both good wrestlers, so that that could be interesting. Yeah, and Usman did an interview with Brad Akamoto and was like, "Yo, take me down! Like nobody's seen my jujitsu. Like I, like I'm really good on the ground." So, like, can you imagine if they do this rematch, Colby versus Usman, and it just turns into like a, a ground fight? That would be crazy. Like the opposite of what we saw the first fight. I'm I'm down for it because they're both really good on the ground. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. It'd be, it'd, it'd um, be fun. I and I agree with Colby getting the, the next shot because mm-hmm. of anybody else in, in the division. I think he poses the biggest threat to potentially actually beating Usman. Other than Colby, and maybe like Gilbert Burns or something, if he works his way back, um, I don't, I don't see anybody that comes close to Usman at this point. I mean, maybe maybe Wonder Boy if he can keep it on the feet somehow and like stand the outside and outpoint him, and he's kind of weird to prepare for and stuff like that. But I think Colby's got the most realistic shot. The thing is, I don't, I don't think Kiesa would be able to take him down. Like, like maybe like once 
But I think I think Kamara's just going to be able to keep it standing and just piece him up. And Kiesa yeah. doesn't want to stand up fight with literally anybody. So, mm-hmm. what about our uh, uh, our uh, fellow PA hardcore dude, uh, Sean Brady? He's ranked. Uh, was he ranked fourteen or no thirteen? Excuse me. I didn't even know that was a PA hardcore guy. That's cool. Uh, I'm I'm assuming he is. We have a lot of mutuals from that area, and he he. If I saw him walking down the street, I would be like, "That's a hardcore dude." Cool. I, I'm Why honestly not? not even familiar with him. I gotta look him up now. <laughs> look, dude, he he's he's 14 and 0 in, in the UFC. So he he, he could be some around that long. No, no, no. I'm um, so no, no, not that. No, he, he's newer to, to to the UFC, but um, his his record's oh, 14 in, the, in MMA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he, he's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, seems promising. Um, but like, yeah, th- there's guys like Sean Brady finding their way up, and obviously, uh, Kamzat once he gets healthy, because I think he's gonna stick to to middleweight. He's not gonna go up to. Um, Dude, if he if he could stop having freaking catastrophes every yeah. month. And sorry, I, I said middleweight, <laughs> but I meant uh, welterweight. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's it's pretty interesting. Obviously, I, I'm liking Usman's reign. He, he's you know obviously I'm making waves and doing a lot of cool stuff for that division, and I'm you know curious to see if they make it official with uh, Colby or if it's going to randomly be Kiesa. Like yeah. as, as much as I want to see Kiesa fight for the title, I don't want it to be next because I feel like that would be way too soon for him. You know, for sure, dude. You know what's crazy? I still see people referring to Usman as boring. Dude, Where, that, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> no way. That's the stupidest shit I ever heard like, in my life. Have, have you only watched one fight of his? Yeah, I, I feel like the people well, calling him boring and haven't seen fights. his. Yeah, they obviously aren't watching his fights, but they're calling him boring. Dude, how how sick. How Obviously, the Colby Covington fight was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The Gilbert Burns fight. That fight was wild, dude. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I think everybody should just be sold on him at this point. I think he's a boring oh. person. I don't. I can't speak on him as a person. I don't really watch I mean, just from, interviews. Just from like, uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Just from what I see in interviews and stuff, he's eh. yeah. Okay, well, uh, kind of. We touched a little bit on the car that happened last weekend. Obviously, uh, Jeff, you mentioned Giga Chikadze. He had that nice TKO, that liver kick to Cub Swanton. Uh, I can't believe that that draw with um that. Uh, uh, is it Ewan or Eon uh, Kutalaba? Yeah. That guy is crazy. Uh, versus Justin uh, Jacoby, that was that was crazy. Uh, Jacoby weathered that storm and you know kind of uh, with withstood all the power and was able to you know stop those takedowns like later on in the fight. Um, it, it was pretty fun. I would have given Jacoby the dub for the rally, but yeah, I, I think I think he was totally rallying. Um, I I had it a draw when I watched it just mm-hmm. because it felt like it, it didn't happen soon enough, but I didn't think there was going to be another fight that would top that in terms of like being entertaining. Cause that fight was badass. That fight was really good. Yeah. But then we get to the, the main event and Jerry with his crazy, his crazy hairstyle uh, versus uh, Dominic Reyes. And dude, I like, I'm such a big Dominic Reyes fan. Obviously, he's from Southern California, so I'm, I'm a little biased. Um, and I was just so high on him on his reign through the lightweight or excuse me, the light heavyweight division up until he beat John Jones. And then obviously 
uh, you know, shout out to Jan for TKOing him. And I was like, all right, cool. He's going to come back and maybe he just had an off night because that does happen to, to everybody, right? Fighters, uh, you know, come in, maybe they feel flat or, or whatever. So, you know, props to Jan, just give him that, that victory. But when he came in against uh, Jerry, I was like, all right, we're going to see Dominic Reyes, you know, uh, back to form and he's going to you know, be hungry again to, to get a victory. And it, it just seemed... It just seemed like he was a step behind because every time Jerry landed, you were just kind of like, wow. And, you know, uh, obviously Ray has rocked him once, but it, it just it just seemed like there was a visual difference versus, um, you know, power. It seemed like, you know, whenever Jerry landed, it, it seemed way more effective on Reyes versus when Reyes was landing on Jerry. And he was just kind of just eating a lot of Reyes's, uh, you know, strikes. And it was just like kind of like, damn. And I I, I could see it like you know, just kind of like uh, Jerry just kind of getting ahead and Reyes trying to play catch up. And it was, it was just not a good night for Dominic Reyes. Honestly, I thought Reyes, considering what he was up against that night, was fighting great. I don't think there's anything else he could have done. I mean, maybe he was landing with almost everything. Yeah. Jerry's just a fucking monster, dude. He's I was just, gonna say, yeah, yeah. He did come out hungry. Yeah, he like came Reyes. out awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jerry, I don't, I don't know how that fool does it, but it just he takes a lot of punishment, but it doesn't look like he took punishment. Like they were landing at almost the exact same rate. And Reyes was landing really flush. I, he looked great, but by the end of that fight, even before like the spinning elbow or whatever, he looked like he had been in a fucking train wreck, like some kind of an accident. And Jerry looked like he had just woken up and was about to go to the, the fucking Renaissance fair. Like he <laughs> It was it, it, it's crazy. I don't it, it almost defies logic because I watched him eat all those shots, but he just doesn't wear it. It's so yeah. it's so bizarre. He just like hits his chest and then gets over it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it doesn't help that Ray is like, uh, you know, rebroke his nose. That's why he was so bloody and looked that yeah. bad. Dude, that's a shitty night at the office, man. Yeah, man. I, and so what do you all think of uh, jury versus the winner of Glover Teixeira and Jan. Um, I love it. Yeah, I can't wait. I think, I think Jerry fights in a way where obviously he has his hands down the whole time and he just welcomes punches. Like he'll eat punches like it's nothing. I'm very curious to see if he can handle a Jan Blahovich punch. I'm not. I'm not sold that he can. It's a bit different. It's it's a bit different, but the accumulated damage he took from Reyes and then he just kept stepping forward other than that split second where he seemed rocked. I think he just has a ridiculous, crazy fucking chin, man. And just damage doesn't affect him the same. And I even went back and watched like a ton of his previous fights and a bunch of his highlights and stuff like that. He's been fighting like that his entire career. It's the same way every time. time. And the only one, the only guy who put him away, I think, was King Mo like years and years and years ago. And other than, and it didn't even change him. He just fights the same way and survives. It's bizarre. I don't know. Well, after, after, his, after his fight with, um, who was it? Was Demir uh, Volkanovsky? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is that his last name? Volkanovsky? No. It was Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan. Yeah. Volkan. Okay. Um, after that fight, they said that he... He was going back and he was working on kind of some evasion, some 
<laughs> some some he he keeps hit my cat keeps hitting this thing and that knocks out my camera i gotta get him off the desk sorry um so um but they said that he was working on like evasion and and you know slipping some strikes and stuff and he he actually did do more of it in the dominic reyes fight yeah. well so reyes, he did improve in that way reyes is an awesome striker yeah he's fantastic it's just it didn't matter somehow against Jerry yeah. like it just it's a different set of rules yeah. I don't know it's hard to I, th explain. I think I think Jan probably knocks him out though yeah I don't know I'm not convinced I love I that am. fight I can't wait but and and to go back to Glover I think Glover takes him down and submits him so I think Jan is actually an easier fight I mean maybe he gets I think it's the opposite <laughs> No, I, I I think Jan beats Glover. Glover's Glover is uh, so slow and so old, and I, sure. I think Jan's just way too powerful. I think Jan beats Glover, but I think Glover would be able to take down Yuri and or Jerry, and I'm not convinced that Jerry would be able to get back up from it. I mean, I, obviously, I, it starts off on the feet, and he'll probably just touch him and goes to sleep like Rumble did. But I think I Jerry, know. I think Jerry beats the shit out of Glover Teixeira. He's too slow. Yeah, I think Jerry straight up like wipes the floor with him. Yeah, it, it would be uh, kind of sad to watch. But why is Jerry beating up this old man? I think he wipes the floor with a lot of people while getting his own floor fucking wiped. I mean, this, it doesn't matter. this dude has twenty five knockouts in twenty eight fights, something like that. Like, yeah. oh my, that's ridiculous, dude. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, like what twenty four in the first round? Yeah, dude. Oh and my god. You know, yeah, but he's out there like fighting taxi drivers and stuff, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> King he, Mo is not a taxi driver, man. Man, he so he, he was up against some real competition. Early King on. when he beat King Mo, that was King Mo's last fight, right? No, King King Mo knocked him out. No, no, no. no. Um, they, they ran it back. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. They, they 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 ran it back and he TKO'd King Mo, but it's like King Mo was already on, on the way out. King that that was post King Mo, uh, you know, strike force and uh, you know, back when King Mo was still good. But so when I look at who he's beat, yeah, he's beaten some names like C B Dalloway, Fabio Maldonado, Brandon Halsey. I'm like, all right, those are some names, but not not a lot of good fighters. Yeah, that that's fair. And honestly, a guy like a guy like Jerry if he ended up becoming champion you know that'd be cool whatever but with the way he fights it doesn't even matter to me if he's a champion or not i'm gonna watch it every fucking time oh, absolutely absolutely every time i am so sold on him yeah but those fighters don't you know when you get it to, to like you know the elite level like where he's at now that style is not going to last him that long. He's got to be way smarter, and I hope he starts using those, you know, those tactics of, of evasion. Because if he tries to go in there with his hand so low against somebody as like you know polishes, you know, Jan, it's not going to go well for him. I I don't know, man. I th I think I think Reyes is top tier light heavyweight striker, and it didn't matter, honestly. I think I think Reyes looked better against Jan in the time before the knockout. Then he looked again. Well, no, I don't want to say that because he was landing a lot of good shots. Did he rock him like, and he had a broken nose? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. Like, like, yeah. Yuri's fun, but I'm not sold on him. I don't think he's like. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't think he's championship material. When you look at who's up there right now, 
I think I think he might be championship material. I don't know if he's long term championship material. Yeah, because he doesn't. He does. He fights with his hands down and takes as many strikes as he gives out at light heavyweight for sure. Uh, he he I can think smoke Alexander uh, Rakic. Chill. No, for real. I, I mean, I I, I want to see him get the title shot, but I think if they fight, he beats the shit out of him. That'd be a fun fight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, two um, you know new guys in the the division, but um, you know I I, I want to see, yeah, I just want to see some newer guys because obviously we're at the point where a, a lot of the top guys in light heavyweight are just have been around for a really long time. Um, you know, minus uh, Jan, he's newer, newer to the the division, but when you look at everybody else, like you know Tiago Santos, he just uh, yeah looks weird. Uh, Anthony Smith has been around for a while. You know, Ozdemir, Krylov. Uh, remember when Johnny Walker was supposed to be the next big thing and he just kind of fell off? Yeah. Well, dude, how weird of a fight would Jerry versus Johnny Walker be? It'd be epic. Just, that, yeah, that would be so crazy. Just two crazy strikers going at it. Just a couple weirdos slugging it out. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and Jerry, he seems legitimately like a weird, crazy guy. Like borderline kind of psychotic like in a non-ironic way like it's so cool yeah I, i'm not a fan like uh you know good on him he'd he be dominic reyes but I, i'm curious to see you know what's next for him I'll, I'll watch it but i'm not like oh my god jerry's fighting let's let's go that's hey to each his own for sure but i'm i'm the opposite man i i'm fucking down with jerry dude okay like i i'm not i'm not like uh i'm not sold on him as like a champion but I'm like I'm down to watch every fight he's ever in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're not here for a long time. You're here for a good time, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, finally you made it to the card that's happening this weekend. Holy shit, we lost. We lost the main event. Your boy, Luke. Your boy was scared. He had to fake an injury. Yes. <laughs> he had to fake an injury to dodge the Sandman, Corey Sandhagen. And I told him too. I told him too, man. I said, "Dude, you got it, bro." He's like, "Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fake it." Okay, come on. We're in, we're 2021. We got guys like Max Holloway training over Zoom and whooping guys like Calvin Cater, and we got TJ Dillashaw, you know, EPO filled, still training like it's 1999. How how do you suffer a cut that bad in training? So Did, close to I, your I fight. It was like a headbutt, right? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I read too. Or like a clash of heads or something. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? That makes. Come on, I'm shouldn't super he upset about it? Shouldn't he do better? And uh, you know, obviously, uh, UFC offered Corey Sanhagen uh, another opponent. They offered him uh, Pedro Munoz, and he turned it down because he said that uh, he wants to fight TJ, and uh, they said that they could do it in July. And he's like, all right, cool. Like July is not that far away. I'm willing to wait. I think it's only fair because we were so close to the fight. I want to fight TJ. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Corey Sanigan, he's that guy that's like right there on the cusp of a title shot. And obviously, he, he, if he goes out, beats Pedro Munoz, and then what? He has to wait to get healthy again to maybe fight for the title. And who knows how long that's going to take since, you know, Sterling's, you know, faking his injury. And uh, he, he'd probably still have to fight TJ first. Yeah. That's so it's probably like, that's the thing. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's just smarter just to wait. It, it makes no sense to fight. Uh, you know, Pedro Munoz, uh, you know, randomly. So uh, I, I'm not mad at him waiting. And, and it's only, you know, uh, you know, in July. So it's not that far away. But that's a bummer. But we, we still have a, a pretty fun card. I, I look at the prelims and I see a guy on there named Ben Rothwell. And 
man that remember before he got popped he was hitting people with that crazy choke when he was like squeezing your adam's apple i forget what it's called and uh, it just looked like he was unstoppable and then he, he gets busted uh for steroids and then he just was never the same afterwards yeah no i i i absolutely remember he since he's come back though he's beaten some people he's he's, um, he's beat two guys and that's it he, yeah, and, and the Stefan Struvorn was kind of weird because he landed like an illegal punch or something, I think, mm-hmm. leading up to it, and then he knocked him out, and Struve was obviously like still hurt. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it. I like watching him fight. I just, I, I'm just sad uh, because it, it, I feel like when I look at his performances after um, him getting busted, it kind of shows like, okay, maybe he really needed those steroids to perform as good as he did before because it's just like he just doesn't look the same. Because because if you look oh. at it, he he beat Stephen Struve right a legit heavyweight, and then he beat um, OSP who moved up from light heavyweight, and OSP was looking pretty good against him. It wasn't like a domination, but yeah. it's just like man, what happened to Ben Rothwell, dude? Uh, most preliminary, I'm most excited about is the Phil Hawes, Kyle Dacus. Dude, shout out Phil Hawes. That guy's built crazy. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a good fight. And he's a uh, pretty great, crazy nickname. He goes by Megatron. Phil Haas. Yeah, that should definitely be a good fight. I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to come out on top on that one. I'm looking at it, too. Like, the prelims. This is actually the first time I've looked at the prelims. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know Phil Haas was fighting on this. But this uh, Ludovic Klein guy, dude, he's 17-2. and two. Yeah, but what kind of competition is he out there fighting? Yeah, I don't know. He's fighting a nine and one guy, Mike Trezano. That, that's what I'm always curious about. Like when people try to like you know present their like awesome records and like, all right, let me just look at your your competition. Yeah, but but, but I'm always excited to check out uh, newer younger guys in every division. So uh, that's why I I love watching the prelims because obviously it's like you know a, a place where you're gonna see. Um, them trying to breed these new stars or where people can shine and um, you know there's been plenty of times where there's uh, been fights on the prelims that outshine a lot of the fights on the main card yeah for sure i uh i like the main card for this for this for this card mm-hmm. i think there's some fights on there that are just jumping out at me as being crazy uh the number one fight that i'm looking forward to is carlos diego ferreria versus gregor gillespie Yo. That fight's crazy, dude. Dude, I've been dying for Gregor Gillespie to get back into yes. the ring. And yes, and he's hungry. He did the right thing after getting knocked out. He took time off. Yeah. And I yeah, I can't wait for that fight. Yeah. And Khabib's lucky that he retired before Gillespie <laughs> before Gillespie got back. <laughs> Chill. I don't know about that. Dude, are you kidding me? Gillespie is the who is better wrestling in the lightweight division besides uh, Gregor Gillespie. He's 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 the number one wrestler. For sure, I agree with that. Um, I, I have him winning this fight. I think he's going to beat uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira, and I don't think it's going to be like a finish or anything like that because Ferreira is really good. But I think he'll put on a dominant wrestling performance, and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I got Fajera. Ooh, you're going with the. Yeah. You're turning your back dude, on America. You think he's, he's a like, <laughs> So, so I mean, I don't know. He's just been talking. You know, he. I think like the other day he said something about he's going to come out aggressive and he's gonna. He he's looking for a dominant victory. And I don't know. I just I like that he's looking for a dominant 
victory mm-hmm. over over a guy like Gillespie and like wrestler versus jujitsu. You know, what I mean, it'll be it'll be fun. It's 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 fun. Um, uh, yeah, I, I got Pajeda for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping we see classic Gregor come out and just you know take him down, you know, beat him up on the ground. And just you know, just keep it moving because he, he's been out for a really long time, and I'm hoping it's to recover properly. Uh, but yeah. he, he's he's super talented, and I'm I'm just stoked to see him back. I I think he did the right thing. I think the knockout versus Kevin Lee was super vicious, and Dude. if he would have come back too soon, it probably wouldn't have wouldn't have done him any favors. Um, the second fight that I think is going to be super ridiculous is Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal. Oh, that one's going to be awesome. That's that's going to be the best fight on the card, in my opinion. I think that fight's going to be really good. I have Jeff Neal beating him. Same. I feel like Neil Magny, uh, obviously the gazelle, he was on uh, like a a pretty good win streak. And then I I feel like he got exposed because, you know, he he gets taken down. And, uh, you know, he has a rough go sometimes when he gets taken down. Uh, But I just, for me... If he can fight Neil at range, I, I think he could win. Like he has to fight Jeff Neil at range and out cardio Jeff Neil because he doesn't want to get into a brawl with Jeff Neil and get knocked out because that is that's how he's going to lose the fight. If it, if he does lose, I think if uh, Neil Magny is smart, fight him at range and yeah. keep the pace up. I think I think the thing that gives me the most confidence in Magny is he's coming off of a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Kiesa, right? Yeah, Kiesa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Neil Magny is always like an up and down fighter. You know, he'll come out, he'll lose. You know, and then the next fight, he'll he'll reel off like three straight, lose. You know, whatever. Like he just up or down. And the fact that he's coming off of a loss, I just feel like I don't I don't know if he's gonna take two in a row right now. Yeah, he's he's, he's 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 very solid. Yeah, it's been a long time since he's gone uh, two, uh, you know, two o or zero and two. Excuse me, um, but I'm I I'm liking Magny in this fight if I'm being honest, because Jeff Neal uh, he, he's talented, but I feel like uh, Neil Magny has more tools and better cardio. Yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, better cardio. First round, it's it's definitely a Jeff Neal fight. I don't know, man. The only person I've seen make Jeff Neal look bad was Wonder Boy, and I don't, I don't think Neil Magny can do that. It's a long rangey striker. True. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be an awesome fight, regardless. But I, I think Jeff Neal gets it done. I think he's going to be hungry for the exact same reasons Neil Magny, for the exact same reasons that Neil Magny would be hungry because he's coming off a loss as well. And, and I don't know. I like that they matched them up against each other. I think it's awesome. It's a good fight. Yep. Yeah. I, I like the Amanda Rebus. I, yes. I don't like like I think the I think it's a one sided fight, but for who? Like for Amanda. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't you don't think yeah, that? no, I think Rebus is gonna win too, dude. I'm so high on Angela Hill. I, I'm smoking really? that Angela Hill pack right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Uh and that's that's her being uh, dead and I'm I'm just making a bad joke. But no, I love Angela Hill and I, I just feel like um Angela Hill is so talented and she is just so close to being able to put everything to- together. I feel like she could be like a really like uh like elite 
fighter in her division because uh, she has like such a good frame for that division. I, I just feel like she's she's just um, she, I feel like she just has trouble putting everything together. But um, it, it's I'm not saying she's going to steamroll Rebus. Like, obviously, in my opinion, it, it, it's going to be a really good fight. But I'm uh, picking Angela Hill. Wow. That's an upset to me. I yeah, I agree. Okay, yeah, um, and that's the first fight on the main card, so I'm stoked that they're opening with that one because uh, women's starweight amazing. I'm not too stoked on the the heavyweight fight. Obviously, um, you know, Marcos uh, DeLima versus Maurice Green. Uh, I'm just not a fan of either of those fighters. It's some crazy. Yeah, and you know when Maurice Green uh, he lost to Greg Hardy in his last outing. That that was definitely a, a bummer for him. Sad to see, but. I'm just yeah. I, I just look at these two heavyweights, and I'm just like, okay, this just kind of feels like a filler fight because um, even um, Delima, he's been around for a minute, and I just you know like he he's been you know uh, wishy washy, you know, uh, win lose win lose win lose, and it's just like okay, this is like uh, when I, when I look at the top tier, uh, you know, rankings and the future for the heavyweight division, I just don't see him making a dent. No, I in fact I would even go as far as to say that. I think Ben Rothwell versus uh, Felipe Linz makes more sense on the main card than that fight does. <laughs> yeah, because Rothwell has a name, but maybe, yeah, but maybe they don't want to promote think, that steroid user. I think Phil Hawes versus Kyle Dawkins should be on the main card. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let's I think see. That. that would be that would be the number four fight on this card, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think it's like they just want to see, uh, you know, bring well, heavyweights. Angle, too. They just want to see some. People love heavyweights, uh, you know, people who probably aren't even like, you know, just casual fans are like, oh, yeah. some heavyweights. Let's well, check this out. Well, Maurice Green's fun to watch, like win or lose. I feel like he always either comes out and surprisingly, it's always a surprise when he starches somebody. I don't know why, just because the way he looks, mm -hmm. it, it just comes out of nowhere, in my opinion. Uh, but, but yeah, win or lose, uh, uh, I like watching Maurice Green fights, so. Okay. He puts it out there. It's always exciting. I agree. And the co-main event, obviously, Diego Sanchez was supposed to fight Donald Cerrone, but he got booted by the UFC, which is definitely sad to see. Because I, I if, if I'm being honest, I kind of stayed away from all the weird uh, Diego Sanchez drama. But once he got booted, I was like, all right, I got to kind of catch up and see what Dude. this is all about. And I started watching videos about his like his manager guy, like, you know, talking to uh, like at the fired meeting. I don't know if you guys saw that. He was talking to yeah. to like Megan O'Leary and Paul Felder and everybody. Oh. And I was just like, what is going on with this guy? Like, how is Diego like standing there? Um, you know, especially since he's had like a close relationship with like Paul Felder and they used to train together and even like, you know, with everybody else in that room and just letting this guy talk to them that way. I was like, this is insane. Dude, when Paul Felder interrupted talking about oh. get that far into it. Wait, uh, Jeff, you're breaking up. You sounded like a robot. Oh. Sorry. Hey, am I here? Am I good? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Oh, damn. I moved my computer for a second. Um, the, did you get to the part where Paul Felder interrupts the guy and he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. 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 No, I watched that, that, that whole video. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly, I'm glad Diego's not fighting. I Me too. I was getting no pleasure out of watching him just get it, take ass whoopings like that. And I think Cowboy was going to put it on him real bad, honestly. And I think he is gone. I mean, he was kind of headed downhill anyway, but leaving leaving Jackson MMA for that 
fucking grifter or whatever it is you want to call him the guy who like sunk his teeth into his life and just is ruining him it's so bizarre but Mm -hmm. i'm glad he's not fighting because he got paid so i looked into it a little bit and he got all his money right he got paid for everything they gave him bonuses they cut ties with them and everything and i i think that's for the better i think that's a w for diego sanchez honestly because i think he was on his way out anyway and maybe he would have gotten a similar paycheck for like because i i heard they gave him show money and win money yeah they 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 gave him his show his win and then his venom uh, bonus dude that's great for him i think i thought cowboy was just gonna smoke him and hurt him and that that's not to say that Cowboy's like super badass and a world beater at this point. That's just to say that Diego has really declined and being associated with that that coach guy of his is not doing him any favors, man. Dude, I would I wouldn't be surprised if that guy actually manages his finances too. Like I think I, I think I actually read that somewhere or heard that in an interview that that guy doesn't just manage his MMA career, he literally manages his life. Mm-hmm. It's like that's insane, like a life Dude. manager. It's terrible. Yeah, Cowboy yeah, definitely would have smoked crazy. him. Yeah, I'm yeah a- for sure. And and there's not many people at this point that I would say Cowboy's going to come out and smoke them. Yeah, so. dude. And, that, and honestly, other than like they had some history together at Jackson's and like there was some shit talk or whatever, that fight didn't make sense to me on any level. It felt like they were just handing Cowboy a name on a silver platter. Yeah, I honestly, yeah. the way you feel about uh, Diego is the way that I feel about Cowboy. Cause, that's a, hey, that's fair, man. Yeah, he's he's had a rough couple of years, dude. I get it. It's just like you know, you, you kind of look at him and how uh, you know his, his career just kind of went downhill, and th- that happens when um, you know guys like Cowboy who've been fighting for as long as he has, and you know the competition is just always getting better right these young kids growing up in the sport they're learning literally everything from you know such a young age and their skill set and their you know skill level is just so high and they just you know obviously are going to surpass these guys who've been around who kind of just kind of plateau and just don't really get any better and when you look at the you know last five fights that he's had it's just like man like please go 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 do something else because it's just like yeah it's not getting any better it's not gonna get any easier how many laws how many has he lost in a row at this point? Is so he's he's lost four in a row, and his last fight against Nico Price was a majority draw, but then it got turned to a no contest because uh, Price tested positive for marijuana. What? Mm-hmm. They still bust fighters for marijuana? Uh, yeah. That's crazy. I, 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 feel, I so, feel like if anything, but, THC would hinder you as a fighter. But yeah. that was before they changed their policy. Because oh, remember wow. they yeah they, they they changed their their policy on marijuana so th- uh, that was before that. Yeah, I mean to to Cowboy's defense, leading into that Nico Price fight, uh, number one, I thought he beat Anthony Pettis when they fought. I th- I thought Cowboy got kind of robbed in that fight, and he lost to Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje, and Tony Ferguson, just the creme de la creme of lightweight at the time, besides Khabib and. Maybe he stand. I mean, Diego, I don't think would have been much of a test, but depending on how he does against this guy, you could kind of gauge where he's at. I mean, I think Nico Price is really good and a little bit underrated. Honestly, I thought he beat Cowboy. Um, 
it was even with the eye poke, it was kind of weird to me that it was a draw, but I don't know. Well, I, well I, it was I, a I, draw I, because he, he got a point taken away. Oh, yeah. I've never even heard of this uh, Alex Morono guy, honestly. He was uh, Anthony Pettis' last fight in the UFC, right? Oh, yeah, Pettis beat him, though. Pettis got the W, went to PFL, and oh. got his ass kicked. Jesus Christ. That guy beat his ass, dude. I, You know, I feel kind of silly because I didn't even realize, or I must have forgotten or something, that, that that guy who did that to him was in the UFC at one point. I thought he was more of like kind of a random guy just beating the shit out of Anthony Pettis. But he looked... He looked pretty good, man. Yeah, and he really, he, he, he really came back cool. from um he was um, having a, a a boxing career, so he he went from um, MMA to boxing to back to the PFL. So, yeah, and that and that bums me out because obviously I'm such a uh, you know fan of Anthony Pettis. Uh, just watching him yeah. back in the WEC days and then seeing him come to the it's UFC, fight. yeah, that rivalry was awesome, and it was always weird to me that. Uh, you know, Pettis was injured, but he managed to come back to fight Ben Henderson in Milwaukee for the title and wins. I don't know. It was, it was a whole weird situation. But uh, I, 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 I've always been a fan of him, but I always felt like I was kind of like, like really nervous for his fights because he, he always got tough matchups. And obviously, I'm, you know, when yeah. people kind of, when Clay Guida exposed him, was like, all right, yeah, just, um, you know, put the pressure on and just wrestle him and you're good to go. But it's just uh, it was just a bummer to see him go because obviously like uh, I I've you know we follow these fighters for years and you want to see them succeed especially when they go to these other organizations and try to make moves to better their life. So yeah. when he goes there and has a rough go, it's just it sucks. But then also it's a good reminder that not all the best fighters are in the UFC. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I I mean I felt a little a little ignorant I guess uh, not knowing who Clay Collard was mm -hmm. like w when I was watching it. I may have even tweeted it. Um, I literally thought it was a hillbilly with a Mortal Kombat tattoo just fucking up Anthony Pettis. <laughs> and I, and it was just blowing me away that I was watching something like that. Just because I not, I just didn't realize who the guy was, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God. And then the Demetrius Johnson fight. There's yeah. very good fighters in other organizations, for sure. And you look at Michael Chandler coming over. You know, oh, yeah. Wrecking Dan Hooker. A jury coming over he's only got yep. two fights in the ufc yeah, yeah. well um, and dude even think of going back to when uh strike force merged a lot well, of those really good strike force fighters went on to become champions i was gonna say you look at you look at uh we just mentioned him benson henderson back in the day was like that yeah. dude you know hillman anthony pettis like prior to coming to the ufc yeah yeah so and, and out there that's why UFC bought Strikeforce because they were like, this this competition's crazy. Like, how did this promotion get so big and have so many good fighters? Let's absorb them. And honestly, uh, with Scott Coker working with Bellator, I feel like they'll be where Strikeforce was in competition to the UFC in a, a matter of time because he he's so, so smart and there's you know so many fighters going over there and he knows what he's doing with the talent over there. So. It's 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 going to be just a matter of time till the, um, they're like neck and neck again, and people are like, you know, holy shit, there's legit competition over in Strike Force. I'm so down is, for that. when they become when they become, you know, similar in popularity. That's I think a lot of fighters will just rather go to Bellator. True, it pays more. Like yeah, they got the freedoms with their sponsorships. Like if it's the if it's the same level of a promotion, why would you why would you not 
good at Bellator. Yep. And I think a lot of people think at least, at least at this point that a lot of the fighters are going to other organizations from the UFC thinking that they're going to fight lesser competition where I think it's as hard competition. You just don't know about the other people because the average people don't watch these other organizations and they're getting paid better. So I think it'll be cool if, if it becomes more of an even playing field. And they're potentially hungrier, especially oh, yeah. fighting that ex UFC guy. Like, yeah, they obviously don't want this ex or this UFC cast off to come in and dominate the promotion. They want to show that uh, you know they're real champions. You know. Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I didn't think. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I like it's 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 kind of a testament to the UFC that they're willing to like let Michael Chandler or jury or these guys you know like up in the rankings like this so quickly like they're kind of admitting that the other promotions are really good or you could see say that they're trying to make these guys lose uh either way but um i i know uh chandler has been in talks to come over for like a really long time but uh for you know one reason or another it didn't happen and you see uh has has contacted Jerry in the past to, to join the promotion, but he, he turned them down. down. Yeah, said he wasn't ready. That he, he said he wanted to go in there when he felt um, he was good enough. But yeah, it's it, it's awesome. But uh, real yeah. quick, you, you guys mentioned like you know uh, Demetrius Johnson. That makes me think of um, Eddie Alvarez. It yeah, was that's what, that's what I was going to say. It, it was cool. It, it was cool to see that that uh, you know loss got uh, or you know got turned over. So, uh, you know, that was cool. And he was able to get back into the, the, um, you know, ring again, but then it's just like, wow, was it smart to have that quick turnaround? And, you know, he ends up losing a unanimous decision and she's like, damn, dude, he's not having a, a you know, a, a good yeah. run over there. And, no. and, and, and it's just, I'll say, I'll say that. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'll say that opponent of Eddie Alvarez, I think he'd give a lot of the lightweight divisions and problems. In the yeah, UFC. dude, he was solid, man. His takedown defense was ridiculous. Yeah, and, and somebody like Eddie Alvarez, who has uh, you know high high level wrestling and boxing, it's like, dude, his stand up, he was just piecing them up. Yeah, dude, easy. I'll I'll be honest, I didn't think that we would have a conversation about Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez two former champions going over there and just taking else simultaneously, even especially Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it says a lot or like, dude, another example of someone in a different promotion that I think would give a lot of UFC fighters a hard time is Patricio Pitbull. True. I would love to see that guy fight UFC caliber competition. Yeah. Who would you match him, match him up against initially? Oh God, I don't know. I mean, would you value him the same as the UFC valued Michael Chandler? I mean, you got to think. You got to think what they would do, right? Yeah, because he um, look at he. Remember, he knocked out Chandler. Yeah, I would. I would like to see. I mean, if if other fights right now weren't existing and we're just in fantasy land, um, I'd like to see him fight Korean Zombie. Uh, I think that would be crazy. I'd like to see him fight uh, Yair Rodriguez. What you're you're just giving him wins? I mean, what, what are you gonna do? Just have him go in there and fight Max Holloway immediately? Yeah, that's the fight. That's yeah, the fight. If we're playing, sorry, I, I was trying to be a little bit realistic. 
yes, I would love to see him fight fucking Max Holloway, right? Dude, that's the fight. I was the lines of what the UFC would do to kind of build him up. But there's no, there's, yeah, there's that'd no, be amazing. Can you imagine? Dude, give him Calvin Cater, bro. <laughs> you, you guys are just what you would. Oh, Cater, dude, he's he's too good. Uh, but yeah, well, you got to give him something like a Max Holloway, or even if in some weird dream world we're able to do champion versus champion because they, um, him and Volkanovski similar builds, right? Yeah, that would be an insane fight. That that's like like I granted like you know a lot of casual UFC fans probably wouldn't know who Pitbull is. But that's the job of the promoting the fight. Like, put them on a world tour, make this like a big thing. You know, that would be an amazing fight. That'd be such a huge risk for the UFC as the as the top dog promotion. Yeah, I I feel that back in the day, that's why the UFC and Fedor couldn't come to terms. I think prime Fedor, the the UFC thought he was just going to come and smoke everybody, and that it would be kind of a bad look, right? No. And it's kind of interesting to me that after that they've been more open to letting other people come through and be successful like the point luke made about michael chandler now the the issue with fedor was um his uh his management company m1 global they wanted uh to work with the ufc and promoting whatever they're doing with fedor like they wanted like a like percentage like they wanted money yeah so that's why that's why they they never did it because uh they were like we're not co-promoting with another company for a fighter it's like Damn. yeah so it's just like sign the deal or or don't so they, they were close like they, they remember um god i forgot what interview it was but uh, dana white talked about how he went to an island and they were trying to book fader versus lesnar fader would have made lesnar his bitch you think point. so yes <laughs> that that was fader who hadn't taken any losses yet uh was it? I'm, not, I can't, I'm trying to remember the timeline, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because the the first person uh, that he lost to was the guy who beat freaking. No, it was a Verdum. He level came. Yeah, he he lost to Verdum via that crazy triangle or whatever. But Lesnar predates that, so this would have been like prime Fedor. Wait, what do you mean he he predates that? What I mean is. I don't think Lesnar would have beaten Fedor. I think once Fedor started taking losses, he became like it just started happening more frequently. Like his time had passed, his prime had been over. I think during that time period, Fedor was more so in his prime. And because of that, would have beaten Brock Lesnar. I think he would have beaten the shit out of Brock Lesnar. I'm curious to see how he would have handled Lesnar's wrestling. Because. I don't know if Lesnar, because standing, Lesnar would get pieced up, but he's going to do his, you know, Lesnar thing where he's going to try to, you know, bum rush him and take him down. Um, that's what I would have, uh, you know, figured would happen, but uh, it, it was a, it would have been know. a fun fight. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I agree, but we'll never love, know. I would love to see Lesnar versus uh, Nganu. <laughs> Why? Oh, God. Why? <laughs> that, <laughs> is the, that is the ultimate striker versus grappler matchup. Dude, like. we would see a we would we would see Brock Lesnar stiff, knocked out on you the think? ground. I think so. You think you think Ngannou stuffs that takedown? Hell yeah! You saw I how he stuffs that dude. with with Usman teaching know. him how to wrestle. I don't know. Lesnar's relentless for the takedown. He's okay. Lesnar was different after he got his surgery, right? After he so got, I'm saying prime. Oh, okay. Prime Lesnar, prime and fantasy land right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, if we're going, I'd watch it. 
So we're going like Brock Lesnar, like when he went up against Shane Carwin and he had jujitsu and he had it all. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, okay. Dude, I, I'm still amazed that Shane Carwin didn't finish him in that fight. They could have like, easily called that. Uh, the the yeah, ref let it yeah. go, which was fine, you know. Because see, and, and it's so crazy because in situations like that, they could have easily called that fight, and you know, Shane Carwin would have been the champ. But you know, sometimes you just gotta let it go because Lesnar came back and yeah. sub Carwin. It was crazy. See, I would have liked to have seen Shane Carwin, like if we're playing fantasy matchup, Shane Carwin when he was on a tear versus like Derek Lewis or versus Ngannou because that dude had terrifying punching power yeah th th there was that promo where um they had uh you know um obviously carwin highlights but w whenever he would land a punch they would play like a shotgun blast like sound effect <laughs> and i was like that's so crazy and so awesome at the same time yeah carwin was wild but yeah you know but injuries plagued him and he, he was old too yeah that's and he had a full-time job which is crazy to think about wow yeah just throws the mean get get Carwin and bare knuckle. See how that goes for everybody else. Oh my god. Mm. I don't want to see any bare knuckle <laughs> ever. Even though uh, I, I am interested in uh Jorge Masvidal's bare knuckle promotion that he's doing. I forget what it's called. Game bread promotions, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, I think you're right on that one. Uh, I'm down for it. Only because uh it's kind of cool to see him pay, you know, respects to where he came from. Because I was watching his his old street fights on, on YouTube, and I was so surprised at him beating Kimbo's buddy Ray just just because of the sheer size difference. I was like, dude, this skinny dude, his crazy boxing skills and awesome cardio. Because this guy Ray just can't, uh, you know, last. He, he just, uh, you know, punches himself out every time. The fact that I watched that like as a kid, like not even knowing who Jorge Masvidal is, mm -hmm. and then like. And then, like in the future, future me now, watch him in the UFC. Yeah. It's, it's actually pretty insane, yeah. dude. So I never pieced it together until later. And then another one that I forgot about until later was when Masvidal got upside down triangle. I remember seeing that highlight like way back in the day, like it was kind of going around, and I just never knew that was Masvidal. I didn't realize like that it was him. I just completely didn't know at that point. He's had a long career. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he's on the tail end of it. And I, I'm just hoping, uh, you know, it, it, it would be fun to see him come back before the end of the year if everything works out. Um, like, I, I don't hate Matt, like Mazadal. I'm just, you know, just we, we got to come to terms that he's, uh, you know, kind of a, a little overhyped because you got to think, yeah. you know, the last year, granted, he, he uh, won the BMF title, got on the cover of the video game. But after that, really had nothing to show for it. He didn't really prove himself. He just kind of lost. I'll, I'll meet you at that place and say that I can see that. But I still really, really like Masvidal as a fighter. And I think he brings a lot of value. I just respect him as a man. The way he um, handled the loss, the, the interviews he did, and just you know didn't yeah. make up any excuses. So I, I can definitely respect that. But I'm just ready to move on. So I I think I think y'all are under a spell, man. What spell? I think y'all are under his spell. Like he just like him and Usman crafted this, bro. Like okay, like, wait, wait, is, wait, wait, wait. Let me thought. let me put on my tinfoil hat real quick before <laughs> I hear this yeah. this theory from Luke. Conspiracy <laughs> Yo, theories by dude, Luke. Dude, check me out, right? 
Hillman Usman crafted this to spite Kobe Covington because Kobe <laughs> Covington wanted to fight them both, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So that's why Usman publicly, I guarantee he hit up Jorge Masvidal before he publicly called him out for the rematch. And they crafted this, bro. He called him out, right? They do the fight, whatever. Notice how humble they both were after the fight. Mm-hmm. Kamaru Usman is not that type of guy, bro. He's not the type of guy to sit there and talk about how much he respects his opponent, like nonstop talking about, oh, Jorge, you know, it took a lot. You know, he's the best fighter I've ever fought. He he had to push me to to make me. Th- he's not even close to the best fighter you've ever fought. And like, you did not have to push yourself to a new level to beat him. Like, like it, it, it this was all crafted to spite Kobe Covington. That's that's just like, that's my theory. See, I had a theory that um, Covington and Masvidal were still friends in this, and that this entire thing was just total work. Um, that's kind of what I thought at first, but I think it's clearly real. I th- Dude, Covington was hanging out with Masvidal's like baby mama mm-hmm. and putting it on social media. That's like kind of next level dickhead, man. And like calling him a bad father and like really throwing some low blows out there. So I could I could see people wanting to be a little spiteful towards that. Now, I mean, do I think that they that the fight with Usman and Masvidal was a work? No, I think Masvidal got smoked like fair and square. But him getting that shot over Covington leading up to it, yeah, maybe. I think he I knew he that. was going to lose, though. Like, like, I don't think he really had confidence he was going to be able to win. Oh, I don't know. I think he knew he was going to lose, and he was planning to have that humble exit. And and Kamaru was planning on being so humble in victory, and and to say that Masvidal was the toughest opponent he's ever fought, which is clearly not true. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I'm not going to take it that far, because. I think that he legitimately humbled Masvidal. I mean, he cleaned his fucking clock real bad. And then Masvidal actually started showing him respect before he got the mic. So maybe Usman was feeling a little generous, giving him props like that. But I don't know. Maybe you're right. I'm not sure. Now now you got me thinking because I didn't even think about that, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's an interesting It angle. makes sense. I thought I thought that was I thought there was I was going to meet a little more resistance on that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that it's not that crazy to think of. I mean, if you would have said that the fight itself was like a work, then I, no, I wouldn't no. believe you. But no. that Masvidal maybe had a shadow of doubt in his head because he had already lost to Usman. Maybe. Interesting. Well, we're all pretty much caught up with everything going on uh you know obviously we, we we're going to be back next week for the ufc 262 but um, we'll put a pause on that because um we're, we're going to be back next week we're going to have a special guest uh we won't reveal who it is just yet but um luke uh I, we were talking before we got on air and you mentioned that you started training again so i'm curious how that started because i feel that it just kind of came out of nowhere yeah so um I mean, I've trained like here and there over the years, mm-hmm. you know, uh, never been consistent or anything. 
Um, but you know, uh, talking to you guys more about MMA, you know, and then, uh, uh, I have a buddy Tito. He's the bassist of purgatory. He lives like 30 minutes from me now. And he goes to a Muay Thai jujitsu gym. Uh, so I've started, uh, going out there with him. It's been good. Hell yeah. That, that that's like that you're getting back out there. Cause I know it, it takes a lot to train cause you put your body on the line. It's a lot of hard work, but it's definitely fun when, when you're in a good environment, you got nice training partners, everybody's in good spirits. It, it can definitely be uh, something really fun. Yeah. And, and actually I just met, uh, this week at work, I met a guy who's like a purple belt in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So like throughout the week, you know, um, we ain't got nothing going on at work. Who knows? We might have to get some sessions in, you know, get, get a little bit of extra training. And then, yeah, I'm trying to enter a competition. I'm not, I'm not going to say I am, mm-hmm. but you know, hopefully, uh, there's one I'm looking at in June. We'll see. Hell yeah. That's super sick. All right. Well, Jeff, we got to step it up. Luke's out here training. He's going to be the next <laughs> ultimate fighter. You know, dude, Jeff's I, running like crazy though. Dude, Jeff is, I, I see his, his posts on Instagram. He, he's staying busy. Trying to. All right. Well, damn guys, this has been super awesome. Obviously I said it at the very beginning, these are my favorite podcasts to do. I'm so happy that you guys are down to do the podcast, to talk about MMA. It, it's super fun. But before we leave, is there anything else you guys want to say or shout out? Uh, I'll shout out the Karate Hottie because we didn't even talk about oh. her. Uh, fight. Oh, shit. Oh, you know, I'm kind of like, I like Michelle Watterson, but when she wanted to be the first, um, what was she trying to uh, coin that term? Uh, mom champ or whatever that BS was. Whatever. I was just like, I'm, that's kind of corny. Can't you just be a fighter? No, nah, I don't really care about that fight. I was <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we we barely touched on it, and you know, um, it, 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 I feel like it was like a consolation, right? That's our headliner because obviously we are supposed to get TJ versus Sanhagen. Um, you know, props to um, those women, but it's not going to be that good of a fight. Those when we look at the, the uh, and I've said this before, when I look at you know the division, when I see these two top contenders, uh, you know, competing, I'm like, all right, how will they stack up against the champ? They can't. They they, they 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 have nothing for 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 the champ. So it's just like, what's the point of that fight? Whatever. Go do your thing. Get your sponsorship money. Get your win bonus. Whatever. Have fun. But you're not going to do anything to the champ. So I don't even care at this point. I, I'm cool. I'll, I'm going to watch it, obviously. But it, it just doesn't really mean anything to me because they're not doing anything to, to the champ. They're just wasting their time. Plan for after your career, Michelle Watterson, Miss Rodriguez. Do go go do your thing. Well, I'm, I'm going to watch it, and I'm expecting it to be a pretty good fight. <laughs> Angela Hill got robbed when she fought Michelle Watterson, is all I'm saying. Big Angela Hill guy over here. <laughs> true, true. All right. All right. But before, uh, before we leave, um, Luke pointed out um, he is a big fan of the main event. Uh, Jeff, Luke, anything else? Are we doing shout outs? Yeah. Yeah, dude, shout out Dogecoin. Whoa, you have got sucked in to cryptocurrency, we'll Jeff. We'll talk we can talk about it more off air. Okay. Don't yeah, don't don't get these people excited because they're gonna try to hack your account and get that that coin. I don't even I don't even have one. Okay. All right. Jeff's 
Jeff's uh, you know promoting his his illegal businesses. Luke, you got anything else? Uh, shout out Jamie York. All right. Yeah, shout out to you, Jamie, dude. I I've, I say this all the time. This I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you guys, right? So it's it's not just me. It, I I do this because you guys are here, willing to do it with me. So shout out to Jeff. Shout out to Luke. Thank you guys. I I, I appreciate you guys. This is this is a team effort, and it's fun. So this is awesome. But thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm stoked that you're all tuning in week after week uh, or whenever we post these MMA shows. It's so awesome, and we're so grateful. And uh, enjoy the card this weekend. We'll be back next week to talk about UFC 262, Oliveira versus Chandler. Enjoy yourselves. Goodbye.